This is the daily lectionary comments for August the 26th. We're going to be looking at 1 Kings chapter 8, uh, which is going to discuss the glory of God in the temple. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4, here we're going to talk about the glory of God in the ministry of the word. Okay, 1 Kings chapter 8. Here we're going to talk about Solomon's prayer of dedication and what it says about how God wishes us to relate to him and what it says about God's relationship to this building that uh, Solomon has, has built. By nature, God is everywhere and not really any particular place. We say he is transcendent. Transcendent means he's no particular place, but that he is everywhere all at once, all the time. But that kind of an a transcendent idea is something, the human mind doesn't work that way. We human beings are not transcendent beings like that. We have what you might call a local presence. We are here or we are there. And if we kind of want to go from here to there, well, then we have to move. But a human being occupies a location in the world. And you can be closer to that location or further away from that location. But human beings just aren't everywhere, always, all at once. God is, by nature, though, transcendent. But God does not want us to relate to him that way. He wants us to know this, that he is transcendent, but he also wants us to draw near to him in the same sense in which we might draw near to a king or draw near to uh, a beloved parent or draw near to a dear friend. And so the theology of the temple, which is not a new theology, we've actually been tracing this along quite a ways. It's we're talking about what, what might be called the eminence of God or, or um, God's capacity and desire to be locally present now and again, or in sometimes always. Hear what uh, Solomon says in verse 27. He says, concerning this building that he's built, he says, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and the highest heavens cannot contain you, how much less this house that I have built. Okay, that He's talking about the transcendence of God, the awesome transcendence. And it would be silly ever to look at a building, however magnificent it is, and to think that that thing contains God. Solomon is pointing that out. And yet, we see that God has allowed himself to be contained and be in a place often in times past. Think about, for example, <clears throat> when, when God appeared to Abraham and he, he appeared like a, a smoking uh, pot with uh, flame and smoke rising up from it. Think about the burning bush where God appeared again in flame and in a bush. You can say the bush kind of contained God and yet it would be silly to think that God is nowhere but in that bush. After that, we, we encounter God in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night above the tabernacle, which he had constructed. We see the, uh, the presence of God also 
in smoke and clouds and fire on top of Mount Sinai. After that wonderful theophany where God reveals himself most majestically to all of Israel, he has the, the temple constructed, and then we find that God dwells in the temple, and the glory of the Lord fills the temple, or the tabernacle, the tent, that the people moved around from place to place. The people camped around the tabernacle. The priests served in the tabernacle. And now finally, we see the presence of God, this local eminent presence of God being established in this place that he said, this place uh, where my name shall dwell there, he says. This temple. This temple is so that we human beings, yes, can deal with God as the transcendent God who knows our thoughts and knows our words, and no matter where we are, immediately perceives all that we're doing without our having to make any effort at all. But God also desires that we do some of the things that Solomon prays would happen here. Praise what happened with respect to this temple. He talks about drawing near to this temple, facing the temple, directing our prayers toward the temple. He talks about the Lord hearing when we do that, seeing when we do that, keeping his eyes on this temple. And he says most wonderfully, he says, when they, your people, pray toward this place, Listen in heaven, your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. This is the place where we draw near to God. This is a way that we draw near to God. It is the highest and most permanent way which God has revealed for his people to draw near to him up to that time. I want you to recognize that this temple is a hugely important aspect of Israelite theology and that being able to draw near to God and be able to treat God as a being that is not only everywhere, but also right here where I can draw near and utter my prayer as Solomon is doing here before the altar on his knees with his hand stretched toward heaven at one and the same time, seeing God in heaven and also recognizing that here in this temple, God is also right here. So, this is a beautiful prayer. We can think of some of the things that, 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 uh, that Solomon uses, some of the expressions, or uh, how human beings relate to things. That's how God made us, to be able to walk up to somebody and talk to them and desire to be close to somebody. And God desires that we be able to walk up to him and speak to him. Now, the temple is no longer how God manifests his local presence anymore we see that something else is going on in the new testament now it is christ himself that has assumed the role of the temple and the holy christian church itself becomes the body of christ a temple of the holy spirit and each of us individually members of it and we also see and we'll talk about this in in the in the uh our devotion on second uh second corinthians we see god's special presence and work in his word in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, now he, Paul uses the expression, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. And the glory of God and the place where my name dwells are similar expressions to talk about 
where God is. So Paul here is talking about the glory of God, the presence, the working, the power of God, and where it is at work. He says, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in jars of clay. No longer does God dwell in a temple magnificent as what Solomon built was, but now the glory of God is present in Christ and Christ is present through his spirit in us in jars of clay. So Paul is making this contrast and he's talking about first himself as an apostle and the other apostles and the other ministers with the apostles as these very weak um, creatures that are not sufficient to this task at all. These creatures through whom God is working. He's speaking of the, the apostles. He says, verse 12, so death is at work in us, but life in you. And he talks about how we are persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. He's talking about himself as an apostle, the other apostles, and those who are ministering with him. But he's not only talking about them. He's talking about all those who are ministering with the, uh, with the gospel, all those who are stewards of the mysteries of grace, all those who have been sent into the world in order to proclaim the word of God, all the pastors, teachers, bishops, all those who are charged with bringing the people the word of God are like jars of clay, weak, not competent to the task. In a way, it's like filling a a jar of clay with gold and silver. It does not fit. And yet this is what God does. But he's not here. He's not just talking about apostles and bishops and evangelists and pastors and teachers. He's not just talking about that. Actually, he's talking about all Christians. For in all Christians, the word of God dwells. And the word of God is the spirit and the glory of God working in us. We are all like jars of clay, and we are all the new temple of the Holy Spirit, the temple of God, the place where God is. That's why Jesus says, where two or three gather my name, there am I in your midst. The Holy Christian Church is where God is to be found in this world. But the Holy Christian Church is like a jar of clay, or millions and millions and millions of jars of clay. We are not competent to this task. We're wasting away in our bodies day by day, but day by day, the word and the spirit are bringing life more and more. What Paul is talking about is not so much particular offices like apostles and pastors and teachers and so forth. What he's talking about is the ministry of the word. The ministry of the word is how the church grows. It's how the Holy Spirit is brought. It's how the kingdom comes. It's how the, the, the temple of the Lord in this world is built up. And in that word of God about Christ, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, this is where God is to be found in this world and the true glory of God's presence here among us.